0: Welcome back baseball family today we're going to talk about MLB lockout updates some drama happened with Rob Manfred again and then players we love nine plus us presents the baseball together podcast with your hosts blackjack brad and kansas city little big briggy blue eyes and now baseball together welcome back baseball family to another episode of the baseball together podcast unusually As I'm sure that you've noticed, Brad is not here with me today. We decided that because it's his birthday, dude deserves a day off. (laughs) And that made a whole heap of sense to both of us. So we're excited for him. He's turning 12. He's 12 for those of you wondering, and it is on Valentine's Day, his birthday. So next year, you know you can send him cards and voicemails and things like that for his birthday. Or do it now. You should do it now. You should get on baseballtogether.com and send that cat a voicemail wishing him happy birthday because that would be absolutely incredible. All right, we've got a lot of stuff we want to get into today that I want to get into today um, that we have to cover because the negotiations between the Players Association and the league continue to be 100% abysmal, and it's almost as though we are dropping down uh, into You know, fewer details are being shared on some, some elements of this, and more details are being shared on others, and really, I wonder when we're going to really get down to grade school bickering and name-calling and things like that, because what these feel like right now is that we are in some third-world bazaar haggling over handmade pottery or something. And, uh, you know, everybody knows that's the fun of it. And that's the point. It's culturally baked in and everything. That's what this feels like, but guess what? It's not, it's not that we are stuck in the middle of this bickering us. We, the fans, the Royal, we, we are stuck in the middle of this bickering and we are the ones that are about to lose. Not to say that they're not going to lose. They're going to lose too. But why is this a lose, lose, lose proposition? This is this is ridiculous. So let me get into some of this right now, okay? The league is reporting being, quote, underwhelmed by the players, and the players are, quote, unimpressed with the league, and they're off the offers that they're making. So translation, nobody's happy, and a bunch of neener-neener blown raspberries, and you're stupid, and I am rubber, you are glue. That's what this feels like to me, okay? So the let's get into the first issue bonus pool. Okay. Having a bonus pool specifically for, um, for those, those players in the arbitration, pre-arbitration stuff. What they're saying is having a bonus pool is not the issue. The size of the bonus pool is the issue. So the, uh, players association first proposed a $105 million. The league countered with $10 million. Then the players dropped their, uh, proposal to 100 million so from 105 to 100 million and the league ups their ante from 10 million to 15 million again like I say baseball family this is just them going back and forth and ju- it sounds like they're just trying to make each other angry what you know what I mean this is just beyond point proving at this point the luxury tax is another thing the luxury tax continues to be a huge issue because for whatever reason, they do not want to put in a salary cap, an official, old, you know, traditional salary cap. So what they're going to do is stick, they're trying to stick with the luxury tax idea. And for those of you that don't know, the luxury tax quite simply means that if a team spends more than a certain amount, they they break this threshold of spending for player acquisition and and, you know, on the field talent, then what can happen is they are taxed against a certain amount at these hefty, hefty percentages to make sure that and it's intended to discourage them from overspending and buying a bunch of players um, that makes it so smaller market teams cannot compete, right? Because they have lower revenue. So what the, the league has done and what the previous CBA is trying to accomplish is to discourage teams from spending outlandish amounts of money that they have in order to completely beat out all the other market, the teams in all the other markets, mid and small size markets. Um, So instead of introducing a salary cap, they're still talking about luxury tax and the league initially, (laughs) the league said, you know what we're gonna do? Here's what we think should, the luxury tax should look like. Let's make it $214 million cap in 2022 and let's keep that through 2024. Then we're going to raise it in 2025 to 216 million dollars, and in 2026 we'll jump it to 220 million dollars. Well, that's what they wanted, and now the players say no, and the league says, "Okay, well, what about this? <laughs> what if we do 214 million, 2022 and 23? Then in 24 we'll make it 216 million. In 25 we'll make it 218, and in 2026." we'll make it a $222 million luxury tax. Obviously, these are keeping up with the projected inflation, things like that. And the players keep coming back and saying, guys, no, what we want is what we've wanted from the beginning. We want somewhere between $245 million and $260 million available for the entire five-year period till we talk about this again. So instead of a tiered approach where they're racking it up and they're stepping it up as, as the years and, you know, progress, the, the players are saying, no, just, just up it now, get it over with. And the league's highest offer was 222 million in 2026. And the players want no less than 245 million from the beginning. So again, there's a huge disparity there. That's, that's just getting in the way of this. Uh, but it feels like a tit for tat quid pro quo type negotiation and it's it's not it's not working um one thing well it's not all failing one thing that is working is that the universal dh is now almost it, almost certainly coming to major league baseball this is something we we've seen coming for a long long time shouldn't be any surprise to anybody if it is something that bothers you it bothers me you shouldn't feel alone. <laughs> I do. I don't like the universal DH. Um, I get it. I see the point. I, I've heard all the arguments. Obviously, Brad is full of arguments about the universal DH. And I have other friends that are just their favorite thing in the whole world to tease me about. But I I just, it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. So, but it's coming. And I'm just going to have to figure it out. I'm going to have to figure out how to enjoy the National League in a different way now. So, you will, too. Welcome to the party. We can all gripe about it together. Um, and then in 10 years, let's look back and see if it was really as big a deal as we thought. Again, some of the changes that have come that we thought, oh, my goodness, you mean they're going to limit mound visits? Ended up not being a big deal at all. Right. Like at all. So I, I'm hoping this will be the same thing, but I, it doesn't feel that way. It feels more fundamental than that. It feels more foundational. And the purest in me is is not happy. Man, it feels so good. I could just say all this without getting the other side of the story today. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> all right, let's move on. They're still battling over league minimums as well. Okay, this is talking about again going back to those uh, pre-arbitration players not getting paid enough money. And this is something the Players Association has been really upset about from the beginning. Uh, it's been discussed. It's something that's probably never going to go away. The players are always going to want to see themselves and their brethren, their kindred spirits or whatever, get paid more and more and more and more. I mean, that's a big part of what's going on in this negotiation anyway. But they're looking out for those people on the bottom that are just broke. They've just broken into the league, especially in that first three years of service. Um, They are looking into. How do we give those players more money? And and it's a pretty good it's a pretty good argument because forty six percent of the league, according to some reports, forty six percent of the league are people who are players that are that are in that first to third year cap or that window that we're discussing. Forty six percent of the league is a huge portion. That's a big big chunk uh, of players and human capital if you look at it from a business perspective. And so what you're going to end up with is you get a bunch of guys. Um, that are demanding more money, and it is going to take a huge chunk of change from the, the owners and the clubs to really put up with that, especially if it is 46% of the, of the population, the player population. So here's what has been proposed. The, the first one that I saw was one proposal was just a flat $630,000 for all pre-arbitration players, years one through three minimum, because that's the way it's going to be, right? Um, that wasn't a favorite idea. So, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because the the counter proposal was that they would use a tiered system, and it would go from six hundred fifteen thousand dollars a year to seven hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year, marking that third year service service time. So, in in that circumstance, the the league, the owners, they're going to lose out in the end if they go with a tiered approach because they're just fifteen thousand. 000- uh, dollars a year under the $630,000 cap in the previous proposal, but then they're going to end up spending more and more along the way, capping out at $725,000 for that third year. So I don't know why they wouldn't accept the $630,000 um, flat fee across all three years of pre-arbitration. I don't know, I have any idea why they wouldn't do that, but they are bickering. <laughs> like any of you read that article I wrote about mom and dad fighting again. That's exactly what's happening here. And it's just chaos. And it's stupid. Okay. Now let's get into service time manipulation. This is another thing that keeps coming up. I feel like there are buckets, right? Like, what are we going to talk about here? And then we're going to talk about here. So service time manipulation is another one. It's a little bit of update on that. The previous proposal we heard, and again, this is all updated as of 12 February. So if you're listening to this on 15 Feb, that's the date. Okay. All right. So the previous proposal was that all top 100 prospects that were selected to opening day rosters and maintained, you know, a a certain number of games on on the 40 man roster um, could equal a draft pick for the teams. If they finish in the top five voting for MVP Cy Young rookie of the year, right. During their arbitration eligible seasons. Now, if, What what has changed, though, the league came back and said, you know what, we're going to offer you a different deal. What if instead we say that those players, they still are on the 40-man roster from opening day on, and if they finish in the top three of voting for most valuable player, rookie of the year, and Cy Young, then you'll get two draft picks. Two. But they have to finish in the top three of those voting they don't have to win they just have to finish in the top three in the previous proposal they had to finish in the top five but it only gave them one draft pick in this case top three voting two draft picks that's a pretty big deal if you consider chris bryant won the rookie of the year uh and then the mvp or he certainly was in the top three to five voting it's certainly in the top five voting mvp the following year so um with the cubs obviously so anyway, that would have been a huge deal for Chicago back then. Just as an easy example, okay. So it's interesting to to uh, think about that proposal. I don't I don't see it's a terrible idea. Um, it certainly incentivizes teams to give their young talent, like true talent, a good chance up at the up at the bigs instead of holding them down. Um, but I wonder if there's just going to be another way to loophole this as well. Um, probably. Probably teams will only bring up one at a time or some, something like that. There's a lot of different ways this could go. But anyway, that is the update on the proposal. I'm not in love with it, but I don't hate it either. And I know that's middle of the road. I wonder how Brad would feel. I'm going to have to ask Brad how he feels. Just text him right now. Hey, happy birthday. How do you feel about service time manipulation proposals? <laughs> all right. So um, Scott Boris, Scotty B, our favorite guy, he is weighing in on all these negotiations. Uh, because it has to be about him. And also, you know, he's, he's very involved. So he is saying something that I, this is probably the first time I've really aligned with what Scotty B has ever said, but he says that competitive imbalance issues are truly driving away the fans. He used the really inflammatory term cancer. He says that this is a competitive cancer. And if the team does not or if the, excuse me, league is not willing to address the competitive imbalance issues that we have, then we are going to drive away fans in droves. And he's right; he's not saying anything we don't already know. Um, it's just interesting coming from him. Obviously, a big part of his business is making sure baseball stays around, it's because that's how he makes his money. But he points to the abbreviated draft system that was instituted back in 2011. Used to be that you could draft. Anybody he wanted. And the draft just kept going and kept going and kept going until, uh you know, they were done. Until everybody, every team said, no, we don't care anymore. We're done. It took days and days. Now what you see is uh, a cap. It's like, no, this, this many players, this many days, we're done. You know, the league has said, we're going to stop this nonsense. So, and that was 2011. So, um he thinks that that's the biggest part of, of this. I'm not sure I believe him, but – with the system that's so complex like this, you can't you can't look away from every little teeny detail. You have to analyze all of them and the, the effects that they have had since the changes had been made, which is exactly why the the CBA is taking so long to negotiate, because everybody knows that each little thing is going to be a bigger thing later. Right. That was going to have a protracted effect on everything for the most part moving forward, um, especially in terms of money, because nobody knows what's going to happen with that. Um, I think in terms of, of changing rules like the designated hitter rule and things like that, um, I don't think those will be so protracted because you can just decide to change them, um, but it doesn't have a why. If there's, there aren't aren't very many variables that are going to affect that, right? Same with the mound visits. Uh, but when it comes to money, there's a lot of different variables and a lot of different unknowns at play. So you just have to consider that um, very, very carefully. I'm telling you everything you already know. But last thing I want to tell you about this is that the players are feeling united. So the players met a couple of days ago in Arizona, and they had an association meeting, and uh, all the player reps were there. And apparently there were more players available uh, than ever before. Um, I don't know about ever, but they, they apparently Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge were surprised by the turnout because they had over 100 players there. Uh, at that meeting. And so Garrett Cole tweeted out, he said, it's exciting to see solidarity so high. Um, And I think that the, the more time goes by and uh, you know, the the fewer decisions that are made and the more at risk the season becomes, we're going to see these players really, really start to get together um, and start acting more as a union rather than relying on their player reps to do, to do all of the talking for them. There's going to be a lot more solidarity than this. This is just evidence of, I I think this is a power play. I mean, I think it's going to unify the players. Obviously that's what's intended to do, but I think it's also a power play just to show the league, like, Hey, you know, we had a hundred people show up or more than a hundred people show up to this meeting. We are all very, very closely paying attention, which I think, I, I mean, you take that for granted, right? Like, of course, they're all paying attention, but doing this and, and gathering together to talk about it in person they traveled in order to do so, some of them. I just think it is it is a show of force, and I think it's appropriate because if the league isn't going to figure it out um, and, you know, and meet up and, and come to the negotiating table, which they said they've been doing but haven't been, then you're going to end up with a really, really angry group of baseball players. And what we're seeing is teams are – I know we're not supposed to have scabs, and we're not supposed to have replacement players. That's baked into the current CBA, but – what we are seeing is lots of weird minor league deals and veterans going to minor leagues and stuff. And they're in, for my money, the league is shoring up something, whatever they're going to do because we know minor league baseball is going to happen. And so they're getting these veterans down in the, you know, in the minor league camps and clubhouses to a, I think show the, the younger players what what's what and get them ready, maybe at an accelerated pace, but B, Also, maybe they need to pull them up. Like if the players decide, no, we're not playing ball anymore, uh, then this could get really ugly. And I don't know what could happen, but I wonder where is it stipulated that these are replacement players or they're not? Is it truly a replacement situation? If your guys are in the farm system, they've always been in the farm system. They've been doing it and they're playing baseball. They're active participants, uh, you know, in it, it, under the management. I, you just got to wonder could major league baseball put on a show without the core 40-man rosters. I know obviously they could, they're going to, that's what the minor league system is. But could they bring up players to I don't I don't know if you can call it replacement, right? But maybe they aren't replacements. I don't know. It's just one of those things that I sit up at night thinking about. <laughs> I wonder if I'm the only one who says, "Now wait, how do we define replacement? Is it truly a replacement? Are these really scabs? Because they're actually... Anyway, that's that's how I feel. That's what my brain does. Rob Manfred continues to stick his foot in his mouth. He said the stock market is a better investment than a Major League Baseball club, than a team. And first of all, you just have to ask yourself, like, what in the world would cause you to affirm that I mean, come on. Now, obviously, it was during a press conference. He was asked the question. So he gave a direct answer to a direct question, which I guess you have to respect. Um, but What was most interesting about it is the reports that I read said that that he he Rob Manfred reported he said, yeah, we actually brought in an investment banker who told us the answer to that question. And the answer is that, yes, it would be more. Uh, lucrative and less risky to invest in the stock market right now than it would be a uh, major league baseball team so my favorite report on the topic was actually from the score brad's favorite news outlet for all sports news the score uh, download the link we don't get paid for that it's just a really good source travis uh Sochick is the author of the report that i read and you can go read it it's short uh, but he said he disagrees with rob manfred he's like no that's not true at all so he goes back and cites the s&p 500 and he says that the S and P five hundred between twenty twenty, uh, excuse me, two thousand two and twenty twenty two, has shown that the the, the value of the S and P five hundred has increased by three hundred nine percent in that amount of time, from two thousand two to today to twenty twenty two. There's a three hundred nine percent increase in S and P five hundred, but the average MLB club over the ba- basically the same period of time showed a five hundred sixty six percent increase.
1: Like
0: where so for <laughs> I don't know who's right I'm not a numbers guy but what I think is interesting is that who, who who's right doesn't matter in this situation as much as who's Rob Manfred like what is his deal why would he discourage uh active involvement and a financial level for it at all I mean he's there so what this makes me think is that Any of these owners and stuff, whom he's charged with representing, (laughs) he's looking at them going, y'all are dumb with your money. (laughs) I I mean, it's been 20 years, and I'm telling you what, you guys, over the last handful, have made some really crappy decisions. I'm telling, from my perspective, baseball family, the crappiest decision they made in that amount of time was bringing in Rob Manfred to represent them and i've said it a million times but he is just so ridiculous the guy blows my mind he wasn't just speaking off the cuff this isn't some bonehead mistake that he made he actually said to the question you know what that's interesting we hired somebody to help us dig up that exact information and as far as i've been uh, as far as i understand uh you'd have to be an idiot to buy a major league baseball team right now <laughs> and then for that information to be potentially completely wrong is even better oh guys i am in love with how the buffoonery of rob manfred i love when he speaks because it's just so ridiculous and i can't wait for him to leave so that we can finally get on a hopefully somebody with any any sort of sense at all okay Couple more things on this because of the lockout situation. Uh, Major League Baseball has completely halted all drug testing, and uh, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know who w- will or won't be taking advantage of that situation. Robbie Cano might be one of them, actually. But um, there's this is going to affect things, and I wonder if they're going to have to to grandfather in some sort of like rule that we're not going to drug test anybody between you know for the first however long of the season because we publicly you know we made it clear that we weren't going to do that during the lockout so or that it wasn't happening we got out very quickly Um, and so i wonder if they're going to have to say okay the average anabolic cycle uh, and these, and it's going to take, okay, four weeks to get out of your system. Okay. So let's reasonably expect that pitchers and catchers were supposed to report on blah, 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 but we waited this long. Like, are they going to make, <laughs> do all the math to figure out that the average, you know, players should be reasonably expected to be clean, to test clean anyway, by such and such a date. I don't know if they don't do that. I will just, it would be so ridiculous if they just say, Ooh, Random drug testing. It's happening now in your clubhouse. (laughs) You will be escorted in there the first day of of camp. Man, that's going to talk about driving a wedge, but things have gotten petty enough that I can see something like that happening from a league's perspective, um, especially for those 100 people that showed up to the Players Association meeting. If that list of names ever gets out, it would be really interesting to see if the league will be petty enough to target them in these backhanded ways. It's possible. It's totally possible. I have no idea. Uh, but at this point, I wouldn't put anything behind or past Manfred and his and his crew. Uh, and they're going to get theirs. They're, they're going to make sure they get theirs. And hopefully uh, the players can get what they need to, because um, that's what it's all about. Uh, Quickly, on a sad note, it was ruled by the medical examiner that uh, Jason Giambi's death was actually a suicide. Um, And so that's just terrible. Uh, Our hearts go out to him and his family Um, in the wake of that. We, for the record, are very aware of suicide and here on the show. um, And if you're if you're in trouble, if you need help, you, you know, the crisis line is available for you. It's a nationwide suicide hotline. If you're having thoughts of that. Um, you can always call 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K, 1-800-273-TALK, um, and that's, TALK is 8255, one 273 8255 So if you're in a situation where you need some help, you can call and get some help, okay? Um, don't, don't, you have to do it alone. Okay. Baseball family with that, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, uh, Brad will be with me at a previously recorded uh, segment of the episode where we discuss players that we absolutely love and hope to be in long-term relationships with
1: as players. <laughs> the non-there sports podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports from current events to classic moments and everything in between you can find the Nother Not Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. So today, since it's Valentine's Day, on the day that we're recording, Well, let's be honest. This is pre recorded. Uh, I'm taking the day (laughs) off because it's my birthday. We're we're just going to say how it is. Yeah. So, um, this is releasing Valentine's week. How's that? We'll go there with that. Um, We thought we would talk about players we love. Now, we did have to go into some, uh, I guess you could say, some parameters, some rules with this, because we could go in and obviously just talk about so many players with this. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to say, who would you like to have? As a fan, of course, a long-term relationship with these Uh, (laughs) players—like who, 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 who is going to be around for the long haul? So, what we did is we put a cap at 25 years old, right? Because that makes good logical sense, I think. Um, Anyways, so and as we got going into this, it was kind of like there are a lot of there's like there's a ton of young talent in Major League Baseball right now.
0: Probably more than we've seen
1: in a decade, at least.
0: I was going to say like 10, maybe 12 years.
1: A, a while. Yeah. And I th- and first off, I got to say, I think it's a really good thing for the game. Yeah. Right? Because young stars are fantastic. Um, Always. So what we decided to do, instead of just doing our, our top five players under 25, who we love, we're going to break this up into three different episodes for you guys. And today yeah. we're going to talk about infielders. So today is our top infielders under 25 with our players we love brig take it away and lead us off don't tell me what to do brad (laughs) i am the coal mine supervisor you are right now
0: (laughs) um i'm gonna go with a guy who has been in the league for let's see this is currently and let me let me preface this this it 2022 can be their age 25 year for my money like i'm okay with that
1: right okay all right, yeah. That's what I did.
0: So this guy has been in the league one, two, three, four, five years successfully. Right? His age 25 year will be 2022. Okay. He's an all-star, silver slugger. He's been in the MVP race as of uh, number 13 is what is what I have here. And that was in 2021. Two-time all-star. He has an overall war. Career, again, this is a short-term career, but career war so far, 14.4. Career batting average sits at 273. Um, His OBP is 325, slugging 477. OPS is 802. He's a second baseman. He plays for the Atlanta Braves.
1: It's Ozzy Albies. I knew it. You know how I knew? Yes! He's my runner-up. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Yep. Yeah, he's he is a solid choice. Go ahead and tell us additionally why, Bri, because I think I feel like you laid it out pretty good there, like why he's yeah. He's he's a player you love right now.
0: Well, I think that what we're gonna see is more out of him, and which that's what's the point of this exercise, right? Is to find out guys that we're gonna see more of, more from. But I think that he mm-hmm. could be a long term presence in Atlanta. And I love the idea of franchise guys who stick around kind of like that core four in New York back in the nineties, or when you you know. <laughs> the the triple threat uh pitching um team in uh dang it in atlanta back in the nineties as well oh yeah like yeah stuff, stuff like that right the the big red machine like idea like I want that to come back those things to come back. So I think he could help anchor some of that in Atlanta um in addition to everything that I've that I've already laid out. And what's cool is we've seen him in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that we've seen him in the postseason. So those career, those numbers include postseason runs, and uh, and that that's awesome. He's been he's been a part of
1: eight series in the postseason over the last five years. Well, and so not only we not we didn't just see him in the World Series. He actually showed up, right? Like he had he had a great series. But I'm just saying
0: playoff baseball at all. He mm-hmm. did, he happened to also participate in a World Series and stand right. up and deliver, right? Mm-hmm. So so he's played in a wild card game, four games for the NLDS, two games NLCS, one World Series. Or excuse me, two championship series, four division series races, and one World Series. That's what I meant to say.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: And it's that's a lot of playoff baseball for a guy who's only been in the league five years.
1: Yeah. Well, and the fact that he's... That he is 25, just barely, and he's been in the league five years. To me, that says a lot. Yeah. Right. That's it came really, in that's in his really age where 21 it. Comes year. At. Yeah.
0: He's age 21 year. He played a full 57 games, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. And he's never well, played, he's never played uh, like significantly reduced games, except for the weird.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, this is up. one of the things that I think is crazy, specifically about the Braves and, and talking about Albies, is that first off, Albies I feel like has been overshadowed by Acuna because Acuna is another stud, right? Totally. Yeah. Massive star. The big personality Albies is just about everything Acuna brings to offer, but in the infield,
0: yep. like he
1: doesn't have the power, but he's going to, he gets on base and he does, he does what he needs to do. He Gets the job yeah. done that yeah. I don't, don't Brig. I feel like we're all guilty of looking past the Braves the last three or four years. We saw them come in, To the playoffs last year. It's like, okay, yeah, like this is a good team, but they weren't quite ready. And then this year, disaster struck, and we're kind of like, well, that's it for the Braves, but they plugged and played. And it's like, it's because they had a strong core that they had already built up going in, like leading up to those injuries, that it's like, okay, yeah, this is a really good team. And Albies and Freddie Freeman have been part of that core and consistency that led to the World Series. And I think, yep, I think people should be paying more attention to Albies.
0: I think so too. Especially because we're going to get a lot more out of him. Yes, from sure. From him. Let's put it differently. Since we're in the middle of a CBA, we're going to get, we're going to see a lot more positive performance from him. It's very exciting. I agree. All All right, right. who
1: you got? My first, uh, my first player is somebody who just recently turned 24. Uh, That was uh, on uh, what the end of the end of January. February first, he just turned 24. Okay, he has had two years in the league. Uh, this last year, he became a regular full-time starter for his team. He's a middle infielder. Very exciting. I've talked about him before. I love watching this guy just because, like I said, he's he's exciting and fun player to watch. Uh, I'm going to go with Jazz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins. He was my runner-up. Hey, there we go. That's the guy I would <laughs> replace with, Ozzie Albies. I was like, no, I want to go with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I put Chish- Chisholm was one of the first guys on my list. He because, was for me too, because uh, I had to, I just had to verify that he was under twenty five. I was like, he's got to be. He just seems really young. But this sure. is the thing about Chisholm is that like he he doesn't have like s- slappy in the face outstanding numbers, right? Like he hit he hit two forty eight this last year. He stole. He stole 23 bases but he led the National League with 8. He got caught stealing 8 times and I don't care if a guy gets caught stealing bases because for me it's like he's being aggressive. He's going out there and the fact that he led the league getting caught like getting caught trying to steal bases is like the dude is just going to keep trying. He's going to keep going and that's one thing that I love. Because I didn't we didn't talk about it last week, but I feel like a stolen base is one of the most exciting plays in sports because yes. there's so much anticipation over such a short period of time. Um, but Jazz Chisholm, in my opinion, I believe that he's going to grow into being one of the best players on that Marlins team, if he's not already, because they're really young. But he's going to be their leader. Um, not He's going to be the face of their franchise. Um, I think that he's going to be the guy who's going to eventually lead them to the playoffs. I don't know that he has what it takes to lead them to a World Series, yeah. but he's going to help them get back in the playoffs. We don't know. And a legitimate yeah. playoff berth.
0: I agree with that. The the only the only hesitation I really have with him is a we haven't seen too much from him yet. Not enough for my money. And two, being that in the in the franchise, he's a part of there's so much turmoil. There's so much turnover of players. There's so much going on all the time that you just don't know if they're going to value him at the level he deserves to be valued at. And I think I can see him getting traded away and then we'll
1: see what we need from him. So, And I can see that because of the history of the franchise. However, what I say to that, though, is that I feel like when Derek Jeter and those guys came in, <clears throat> what they did, I feel like what they did was they were like, okay, we have all these guys who have reached their ceiling. And they're like uh, Christian Yelich, uh, JT Jean uh, Giancarlo Stanton, those guys had reached their – like that group had reached its ceiling in Miami. And they said, the best thing we can do, and I saw this with the Mariners too – is just tear it down and start over again. So yeah. I think that what's happening in Miami is Derek Jeter and his guys are like, okay, Chisholm is gonna be our our cornerstone. I He's think that, Anthony Rizzo. Yes, right? I
0: He's... think that
1: they really like him because yeah. they're already putting him out there to represent the team. Yeah as like yeah, their young true. guy who they're gonna be like, let's build him up, let's build a rapport with the fan base and everything because he we want him to be our guy. Yeah. And so I I don't think that they would necessarily trade him. I think if they're going to, if if he does get to the point where he deserves a big fat contract, I think they're going to give him what they can because, yeah. uh, because they want some consistency. Derek Jeter understands the importance of consistency, the role that it can play for it, sure. And not just in a player's career, but also the franchise as far as like appealing to the fan base, stuff like that. So
0: I think he understands it as well, if not better than a lot of players and owners yeah. and yeah. managers and, you know,
1: agents and everything. Yep, exactly. So so I th- I think they're going to keep him around as long as he earns his spot there. Cool.
0: I love it. I'm not going to disagree with you. Excellent. Very okay, good. so I'm going to go next. Okay. Since you got? It's my turn. There's two of us. Yes. <laughs> I'll go next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who's has uh, been an all-star one time. Okay. He has a silver slugger. career uh war of 10.8 we've seen a career already a career lasting let's see this will be his one two three four fifth sixth season 2022 will be number six for him where he does again turn 25 in his 20 in his uh 2022 season okay okay so his uh batting average 279 obp 338 slugging 509 ops 847 okay this dude, first of all, this dude can rake, right? And he has a, he has had defensive issues in the past with range and some errors committed and things like that. But it's okay to have a guy at third base who's maybe got a tiny bit of an issue at defensively. Not enough to, be able to make him a liability because there's not enough to consider him a liability. We wondered, though, and I'm going to drop the reveal here in a minute, so stay with me. But we wondered about it in his cabbage patch cheeks. It's Raphael Devers. <laughs>
1: I wondered if you were going to grab Devers.
0: <laughs> the fact is, the fact is, he's he's so good. He is so good. So good. <laughs> and what kills me is that over the, those five years, not only have we seen his war is in a good spot for where he is in his career, His uh, he's got postseason baseball experience and does well in the postseason well enough what I love about Devers is that his transformation from "Uh uh-oh are we gonna have a problem here to "Uh uh-oh he's now a problem for everybody else is the reason he has got to be on this list for me
1: that's solid and you know I so I was looking for a fifth guy and actually it was funny I I was like I gotta have a fifth guy but I already had five but so I pulled up a list of the top 25 players under 25 yeah. and he was on there and I was like, I almost grabbed him just because I didn't think you would, <laughs> <laughs> but it kills me that you absolutely grabbed you grabbed your absolute least favorite player in the league oh, simply no. because of his cabbage patch cheeks. But no, he That's is it. a problem. He's a legitimate problem for everybody. Wow. The Red Sox face every single 100%. Time. Yeah, Yeah. And That's you got to just love him for that. You have yep. to, you do you do that's awesome that's so funny (laughs) you're
0: welcome mike (laughs) i don't think mike farns would have let me live it down if i didn't include Raphael devers in my list i just don't think he would have
1: that's solid that's really good (laughs) and i didn't make the
0: decision for mike it just happens to be a nice little
1: bonus (laughs) awesome all right the next one do you mind if i go ahead are you done with devers Oh, I think you should go. It's probably oh, okay. your turn. All right. Okay, the next guy I have, uh he's actually uh, another third baseman. Ooh. Um not Raphael Devers. Um this guy turned 25 13 days ago. Um, so he some of these guys are like right up there at the top, right? right? Yeah. It's okay. It counts. But he has he has two seasons in the big leagues. Uh he hasn't I, get, I mean, he was there for the entire time this last year, but he hasn't put together like a full season yet. But uh, I think that this team is trying to make him be their next franchise guy, which is why they traded away their other franchise guy this last year to the Padres in uh, Adam Frazier. Yes. <laughs> Are you Ke'Brien <laughs> <Brian> Hayes? Hayes. <laughs> almost made my list as well
0: i was just like you know he doesn't have enough service time for me
1: <laughs> and see that's thing that's the thing for me is like i'm willing to take a guy who's exciting his first couple of years who's kind of like a flash in the pan like he only played 25 or 24 games into the in 2020 which you know is a whole yeah. lot more than what it sounds like because of the season the way it was cool. uh he played 96 games this year but if you watch this dude he's exciting man He's he really exciting. he's fun to watch. He hit 250 uh, 257 this year. He did only hit six home runs. Um, but he's stole nine bases. I I think he's working himself up to being the next guy who the pirates can trade and get a haul back for. <laughs> 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 because oh let's be honest, another it's Josh gonna Bell. happen. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Adam Frazier, Josh Bell, all of them. It happens. Garrett Cole, it happens Garrett to all of them. Cole. It happens to all of them in Pittsburgh. It's unfortunate, but that's the way they're running things these days. They're trying to flip their prospects and stars, but they're not. It's not real estate, guys. Exactly. You're and you're never gonna you're never gonna see a return if you don't let it let it mature. So, yeah. But anyway, Brian Hayes is another one of my guys I like to watch. Love and him. honestly, like anybody who wears a Pirates uniform, I'm going to pay attention <laughs> to simply because of the name across the chest. Totally. I'm the same way. I love yes. Yes. We have both Brad and
0: I have an affinity for piratical things. <laughs> piratical. <laughs> for, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see Brad as uh, displaying why. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> for sure. For those of you I've listening, reg- jump on 9plusus.com and check out the pirate baseball line we have. It's actually a lot of fun.
1: Okay. Do one more next. and then we'll
0: take a break. All right. Next for me is a guy who this will be his Um, this will be his fourth season in the big leagues. Uh, he's going to turn 23 this year. He's been, uh, not only in the all-star, uh, lineup, but he's been an all-star MVP. He's got a silver slugger award. He has a batting average career. 289 His war is at 9.5. And again, that's in three complete seasons. Um, we've got an OBP 367, slugging 517, OPS 884. The dude is just so much fun to watch. Now, it gets even better. Look, in 2019, when he was 20 years old, he played 123 games. He played 60 games and led the league in 2020 during the COVID season. And he played 161 games last year, which was his all-star year, Okay. This is Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's also on my list. Is he? Yes, he is. There yeah. we go. It happens love every me time. He plays, he plays third base occasionally. He's a first baseman.
1: Mm-hmm. So so this is one of my things with Vlad is that his dad was electric, right? Bro. Like absolutely electric. One of the best hitters that we've that our generation saw growing up. For sure. Um, and, you know, I get – I punctuated by his ability to hit a ball bouncing off the ground, right? He was one of the best bad ball pitchers we've ever seen. 100%. Um, he just so, the bat and it goes. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is one of the things. And also, side note, my wife's favorite player. But anyway, one of True them. story story. Uh, so him coming up with a well-known and Hall of Fame dad, the microscope has been on him since day one. Since yeah. we first heard, do you hear Vlad Guerrero's got a kid coming up? Yeah. Pretty good, right? Like (laughs) ever since we first started hearing that, it's like, okay, let's keep track of this guy, keep track of him. Like, I don't I think the last time I paid attention to somebody who wasn't a mariner coming up through the minor league system might have been Bryce Harper, you know, right? Or Gordon Beckham because I had drafted him on my fantasy team like, yeah, (laughs) they're gonna pull him up, and they did, but (laughs) but nobody besides Vlad Guerrero Jr. And he's delivered, he's delivered. The way the he ball totally explodes has. off his bat is unreal.
0: It's unreal, and that home run derby will—I'll never forget that ever. Mm-hmm. It was insane. I cannot believe he lost. I still can't believe it. But it was so—that was one of the most exciting home run derbies I, I've ever experienced. It was—it yeah. was with Polar Bear Pete. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Two young, yeah. young bucks. Like it was yeah. magical. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> so he finished sixth in the rookie of the year voting, and that just—it seems to be a travesty. For me, but again, I mean, you know, I don't get a vote, so
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, and he struck out a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, this year he was a he was a runner up in the MVP, and some argue he maybe should have won it because right, uh, what he did with his team, putting him on the brink of the playoffs, where Shohei Otani's team was nowhere near. Yep. But yeah, no, it's it's a solid pick. Uh, with that, let's take a quick break and we'll get back. And I have, I actually only have two more now cause we just overlapped on one. So we'll yeah, get back have two we both have well. Two and we'll wrap things up. Hey babe, I'm headed to concessions. Do you want me to grab you something?
0: Yeah, anything, whatever you're getting.
1: Okay. I saw a burger. I'll probably grab that.
0: No, that doesn't sound good.
1: Okay. I think there's barbecue, probably some nachos. Uh,
0: I don't think I want either of those either. Um, but just get me anything. <sighs>
1: What do you want?
0: Uh, I saw a hot dog earlier.
1: Okay, I can do that.
0: Well, no.
1: Couples may quarrel, but baseball
0: is for lovers. Shop the Lovers Collection at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We have each got two remaining uh, long-term loves. I guess we're calling them. I don't know. Uh, Players that we hope to be in a long-term relationship with, with uh, Major League Baseball. Okay. As fans. As fans. As fans. Yes. We're very excited about um, remaining on either scorecard because Brad thinks that we will only line up on one of them. I think we're going to line up on both and I'm excited to have him be wrong. So let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how it goes, Brad. I I think you should go first.
1: Okay. Yeah, it would be my turn anyway, since there's, again, That's two of I'm us. Um. Yes. <laughs> if this was musical chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, so I'm going to start with the one that I think we're going to overlap on, like, certainly. Okay. okay. So All right. I'm going to start with, uh, this is a guy who, quite honestly, the day he made his Major League debut, I was like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. There's that. Um, Took the league absolutely by storm. Another son of a player, right? Um, Has been in the league for three years now. Has finished in, he finished top three in the rookie of the year. Has finished top five in the MVP, uh, both 2020 and 2021. Um, Just that. When when you look up the ele- the definition for electric in the dictionary, his picture is next to it, and part of that is be- And I think if there was a gif, it would be when he scored from second on a pop fly to the yes. grass just outside of the infield dirt, and, and so we all know who I'm talking about. It's it's Fernando Tatis Jr. the third. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is one That's of my, my absolute favorite players in baseball right now.
0: Hundred percent. He's got a WAR at thirteen point six. Batting average is sitting at a solid 292 right now. Mm-hmm. He had 52 stolen bases in his career. 25 of them was in 2021. Were, excuse me. 25 of them were in 2021. I can speak the Englishes. So his <laughs> his OBP career, 369, slugging 596. OPS 965. I love watching this dude play baseball.
1: Me too. And don't don't discount this, Brig. He led the league in home runs in 2021 with 42, he led the national league. And that was only with playing 130 games. I know this time because of a recurring shoulder injury.
0: It's, it's insane. And we have playoff baseball experience with him as well. He's been involved mm-hmm. in one wild card game and one division series.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the thing though, is that like the Padres went ahead and paid him. They're just like, yeah, we're going to want you around for a long time because, yeah, this is this is the thing is that he not only contributes on the field as just a beast, right? 100%. Like we just we went through his numbers. Like you you want that on your team, but also the draw. Like I would drive to San Diego to see him play if that yes. was the only chance I got to see him. I am yes. planning on going to see the Padres in town at least once this year, whenever baseball happens. Just so it's I can watch happened. Tatis play. I've seen I've seen Machado play, but Tatis was not playing that day in spring training. So I'm going to like go out of my way to watch the Padres this year here in yep. Phoenix. Hundred percent. So yep. and I'm sure that I'm not alone in that sentiment.
0: No, you're not. And when they show up to uh, Atlanta at Truist, I might have to do the same because it's like it's like no miss baseball. It like is you have you have
1: to have this experience. Oh, and it's, this would—he's one of those players where you can't look away either. Right. Like as long if he's on defense, you want to watch what's going on. If he's up at the plate, you cannot blink because you don't know what's going to happen. That's right. And if he gets on base, watch out. It's good. <laughs> stuff's going down.
0: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's it's awesome. His defensive numbers are also amazing, by the way. Let's not discount that. And I think mm-hmm. we've kind of brushed past that with all of our picks previously, but none of right. them
1: are slouches on defense. None. Right. Even Denver's. And this is was. the funny thing, too, is that a lot of people this last year were like killing Tatis for like, oh, his throwing errors, blah, blah, all this stuff. It's like, but there's some guys where, yes, they're going to make throwing errors, but the reason it's a throwing error is because he's making a play the guy across the street couldn't make.
0: Not just across the street, that the next
1: like, four shortstops would be hard yeah. pressed to even attempt. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a lot. There. Okay. a lot going on there. All yeah, right. Here's your we last could, one, Brig.
0: We, we could go into it more, but we won't. Okay, so let me pull him up. My last one is. Uh, see, he might be the youngest guy on my list. Actually, he's entering his year, his 23 year old season this this season. I think Tatis is also in his. Oh, and so is Vlad. Vlad Tatis and this guy are all entering their. Their age twenty three season. Okay. Um, this guy came in in two thousand eighteen and played one hundred sixteen games his rookie year. By the way, he is uh, he was runner up rookie of the year voting that year in twenty eighteen. That should give it away. Um, He's never in the subsequent three years has never ranked lower than top ten in the MVP voting. He's got a couple of silver sluggers. He's been on an all-star team. He has won the batting title, and he's a World Series champion. And he's turning 23 this year. And an infielder? Oh, no, he's not an infielder. (laughs) What have I done? Oh, no. That's how exciting it was. Brad, you should go.
1: All right. What have I done? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there. Um I, let's I really save that, though. Let's not reveal person. we let's not reveal who that was and we'll save it. Okay. Outfielder, right? Outfielder? Yes. Yeah, we'll save it for next week when we do outfielders. <laughs> uh, Cuz I think we should make this a three-part episode. So, dang. Um I'm back at it. I wasn't so I wasn't sure if you were going to uh, going to bring this guy in, okay? So this is this guy is also 23. Okay. He, This is actually going to be his I think I think this will be his age 24 season because he's going to turn 24 right before right before the season is supposed to start. Rob Manfred apparently says that things are on track, but I don't know if that's true. Well, Um, we don't trust Rob anyway. No, we don't. Um, But this is another son of a former player, right?
0: Yes, I know you're going to
1: say. And he's got a career WAR 9.3. He made his debut in 2019, played 46 games, played 29 in 2020, played 159 in 2021, made the all-star team, finished 12th in the MVP voting. Pretty impressive for a guy who uh, was overshadowed a lot by a player on his team. Yeah. This is Bo Bichette. It's Bo Bichette, yeah. Now, I have to tell you, first off, I have an affinity for middle infielders because they do stuff that I was never able to do. Well, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like ever like playing baseball not a chance um i was a catcher and a third baseman there's a reason i played those positions right so yeah yeah i i love watching middle infielders more than most positions in the game um and boba is another shortstop to the list um another guy who's just like he's he is great. He is absolutely outstanding defensively. But there's something about his effortless swing. Effortless swing because Vlad's got a violent swing, right? Like it's you it don't want to be within ten feet of him when he's swinging the bat. Yeah. The Bo exactly, Bichette right. swing is so smooth and effortless, but the ball just explodes off the bat. Yeah, it does. Like, it just screams out of the field, out of the ballpark when he hits it. And that's one of the things I love is that he just makes baseball look so smooth, so easy when he plays yeah. it. And it's it is kind of funny because his picture on Baseball Reference, he looks like he's like a sixteen year old kid. Yeah, like one eyes kind of squinty. Yeah, like (laughs) like that half smile. It looks like he's like taking like his junior year picture, and he just happens to have a Blue Jays hat on. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: All right, give me a chance to salvage myself. Can we?
1: Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Who you got? Because I
0: have another guy that I didn't want to put on my list because everybody else on my list had like established themselves officially Mm -hmm. and had some longevity, as much as we can call it that within the first you know four or five seasons. But but this guy is is first. This guy is so exciting for a number of reasons. Let me say he's been in the league one year, one. Okay. And I was yes, I love it. He, he played 70 games in 2021 okay in that time he rounded out a batting average of 288 an obP 347 slugging at 463 and an ops 810 Whew. man that's exciting okay he uh has successfully stolen five bases nope two that's his average i'm sorry his he's successfully stolen two bases in 70 games. He is a shortstop slash and or third baseman because he's still young. He already has a career war in 70 games of 3.5. which is In very 70 funny. games? In 70 games. He's wow. already got a career war of 3.5. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, the other thing about this guy is it's Wander Franco. Sorry. It's Wander, oh, Wander Franco. Solid and, pick. And the reason I'm choosing him, okay, first of all, he will be, come on, computer. Um he we all thought that he was gonna be like like there was all this hype about him being the savior down on the rays, right? And we were like, mm-hmm. Oh man, don't believe the hype. We gotta see what he come, you know, he'll have the yips when he first gets there, like everybody else mm-hmm. does. And he never did. Right? There was no there, he didn't. It, there was no concern at all. He just rolled into town. And like cl- climbed up the ivory tower and sat there. <laughs> and we were like, dude, who are you? Like, you're not, this is against the rules, bro. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he didn't have, he didn't get sent back down at, to my knowledge. I don't think he got sent back mm.
1: down at all. Did he? No, he didn't. And he finished third in the rookie of the year voting to his teammate. Right. Yeah. Randy Arona who, in my opinion, the only reason a Rosarina won the rookie of the year was because he was there for the entire season. If, if they had not potentially, I'm going to put in quotes, uh, gone and manipulated manipulated his (laughs) service time and called him up (laughs) earlier. Like apparently he was ready to do. He may very well have won the rookie of the year. hundred percent possible.
0: And his nickname is Patron. What does that mean? Which is remarkable for a 20 year old person. (laughs) What, what is it? Do you know what that means? What does Patron, mean doesn't it mean uh, father or like? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it means father. It's like an honorific title.
1: I'm not sure what exactly it means. I'm going to look it up right now, though. Yeah, you my look Spanish, it up. Tell me if I'm my wrong. My Spanish is not, sure. uh, is not fantastic. <laughs> that apparently, obviously sure. is not one that I know. Um, so according to Google. Okay. <laughs> Um. Well, so this is kind of funny. It wanted, it wanted the first thing it gave me was um, Patronus. <laughs> Thank you, Harry <laughs> like Potter. Expecto? Yeah, expecto <laughs> Patronum. That, I know that's not right, but Patron. Oh, there we go. There we yeah. It means pattern. No pattern. But here's here's the thing though. Here's the thing, Greg. Though, like, what do you do with a pattern? Right. You use the pattern to make more copies. So it's the mold. It's more. It's so more he's like the, the mold. He's the original the mold. I that, don't might think... be a, that might be a cultural Spanish thing that we don't, that you and I don't quite that's understand. That's true. That's true. Like, that like, if he's like the original, the best, and we, we want to try to have, make everybody else like him, then maybe he is, El, he is El Patron, right? Yeah. So maybe that's where it comes from. That's
0: cool. So that's cool. All I know is that I've heard people refer to other people as Patron when it's like, I'm a little bit afraid of you. I'm going to give you all the deference possible, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, anyway no, that's a solid pick. I don't know why. Wander Franco, it. thanks for the for rolling with my gaff there, baseball family. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. I was just really excited to talk about that other person. I guess you'll stick. stay tuned for next time when we talk about outfielders under 25, and I will reveal who that
1: person is in remaining my number one pick. <laughs> and that's what we call a tease. But baseball family, let us know who you think are some of the some, some of your favorite players. who Who are some players who you love? Infielders under twenty five years old. Did we leave somebody off that list? I'm sure. I'm sure we did. There, Definitely. there are plenty of of guys out there. Like we said, there is a ton of young talent in baseball right now. So let us know. Who you think we left off the list? Who we should have addressed? Uh, submit that in the mailbag at baseballtogether.com. There's also a link in the description. As always, you can tap that link; it'll take you right to the the page where you just fill out the form. Just give us your name so we know who to give a shout out to, and uh, also put your uh, put your list in there for us so we can see it because we want to uh, we want to see what you think about it.
0: Yeah, you can also leave us a voicemail on baseballtogether.com. Don't forget about that. And while you're at it, there's a link to the shop on there as well at 9 us.com where you can jump in and grab official baseball together swag, hats, t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of stuff, and uh, more more to come. We're updating things actively right now. So yes, we are. if you if you expect or if you've been waiting for some changes to take place with like t-shirt colors and hat colors and different combinations and stuff
1: that is happening right now yes it is very good don't forget to like subscribe rate and review the podcast let us know what you think where we can improve or uh, what you think we're doing great the baseball family thank you again for joining us and we will catch you next week